for the first time in Toledo last week. And I want to thank Minister Sammy. I know he, he's going to be in children's ministry today. But uh, he did a, you know, I was listening to the message yesterday. So he did a good job of sharing. Uh, it is finished uh, while we were away absent in Toledo. But folk in Toledo greet you. They, they, uh, they were blessed by the momentum and the, the fire that was ignited here, uh, you know, from one night with the King and Fast Week. We had a, a powerful time out there. We got some phenomenal feedback. Actually, we're still getting feedback. Um, so thank everybody for handling their business here. You know, I heard Tia did a powerful job back there. Man in the sound by herself. So, uh, but let's 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 get into uh, what we're going to talk about today. And it's it's interesting. Oh, good, my wife's up there, so I may need you for something. I'll let you know here in a second. Um, so, so you know, I already taught it, but then as I taught it, the Lord was just giving us some things. And this message came out. Me and my wife was having a conversation. I guess we was having a lunch. Um, and we were just saying how, like, the Lord is moving, so we're experiencing wonder, wonderful things, but we're moving towards wonderful things. So almost like God, the things that we experience, God is using as a diversion so we don't put our hands on the things that he's trying to really do. Uh, And then, uh, so I was talking to uh, Kelly McClure. Uh, They're actually uh, playing in the the Nationals for AEU this weekend. And we were talking, and I was saying how sometimes we can just get so caught up. um, And we can get out of the way of the things that God is trying to instruct us to do. So we can be doing a lot of things, but we're not doing God things. And so the statement came out, you know, I said, well, Kel, you know, honestly, we, you know, we got to get back to making God moves. Like we really got to make God moves. And, um, and when, and when it came out of my spirit, the Lord's like, yeah, we do. And so we need to talk about that. So I just been meditating on it since then. And because, you know, there's natural moves and there's worldly moves, uh, but then there's God moves. And, uh, Marcus, I need those. Uh, you have to, I know you got to go back and forth. But you know what I'm asking for? All right, so, so in our Master Life class, um, you got to, like, switch screens and stuff to do that? Okay, well, I guess you know what you're doing, so you already switched the screen. And I was like, well, never mind, but. So in our Mass Life class, we, we you know, uh, we had talked about, um, what was the first one? What was the first? The Disciples' Cross. That was our first book that we went through. And lately, we've been going through the Disciples' Personality, which is really yielding your will over to God. And so we spent time talking about that natural man. And this is the natural man. You know, you can see the soul there, mind, will, and uh, mind, will, emotions. You can add intellect and your imaginations in there with the soul. Uh, you got your feelings over here, your sight, sound, smell. You wanted me to use the little touch thing, didn't you? <laughs> right, both of y'all was thinking about that. Right, Stephanie gave us a, a, a little a pointer. Right, so my wife was talking about it last night. I didn't realize I was doing this. Now I'm pointing with my hand. All right, so, uh, so we, got, we got our feelings over there. And so, and then you see your, your you know, you, you got your body, you got your soul, and, you know, you got your spirit over here. But look at this. This is your door open. So Satan has access to that flesh. And, and, and that's the natural person. 
Uh, 1 Corinthians 2.14, you know, the natural man can't understand the things of God, nor can they discern them for they're spiritually discerned, right? So you got, that's that natural person. But then you have, so, so, so we don't want the door just open to the flesh. We actually want to close this door. Really want to open this door up here, God having access to the spirit. See, that door is closed. All right, so uh, let's go to the worldly Christian. So the worldly Christian, look, 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 the door is open. Door is open to the spirit. The only challenge is the door is still open to the flesh. And so, you know, uh, the scripture says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. But that's that worldly Christian, or as the Bible said, carnal Christian. You know, uh, Romans 8, the, the, you know, to be carnally minded is death, to be spiritually minded is life and peace. But what we want to be is, let's go to the next one, Marcus. We want to be the spiritual Christian. You know, it's not only the door to the flesh is closed, but what? The flesh is crucified, right? You know, that's Romans 6, 12. And then up there, the spirit, the door to the spirit is open. And Ephesians 5, 18, it didn't, it's not just open one time. It's, it says be being filled with the spirit, right? And so that door to the spirit is open in Galatians 2, 20. Uh, you're crucified with Christ. The flesh is crucified. Nevertheless, I live is not I, but Christ lives through me, right? That's Galatians 2.20 up there. So that's that spiritual Christian, right? You know, you transform by the renewal of your mind. You're working out your own, own salvation. With, God is working in you to willing to do his good pleasure. And you're walking in the fruits of the spirit, right? Your emotions is arrested by the fruits of the spirit. And so, so in thinking about this, Think about what we're talking about today. So you have, we can go back to the, to, to you can leave the, put the graphic back up. So you have natural moves you make, and that's that natural person, right? Then you have these worldly moves, you know, which is kind of positive, but ain't all God. And some of us are just stuck there, you know, just I'm positive or, you know, I'm doing, well, I go to church, but we, we, we probably live a dominant carnal life respectfully, you know what I'm saying? Because we, we, we justify our carnality by saying I did, you know, I, I did a positive Sunday or, or I did a positive prayer or I did a positive, you know, good deed. But if, if, if who we are in our core is fleshly, we're just a worldly Christian. We're making worldly moves. All right, but now to make spiritual moves, ah, now that's God moves. You're making God moves. All right, the, uh, the scripture says in, um, we can go here, Romans 8, 14. Now, now, now you get to verse 14, after you've gone through uh, not being condemned, the scripture says there's no condemnation of them that are in Christ Jesus. That's Romans 8, 1. Then it starts to go in and talks about the, the, uh, the carnal man, they that are, uh, after the flesh, do the things of the flesh. They are after the spirit, the things of the fear. To be carnally minded is death. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. And that's, you know, you're going through, you know, pretty much verse 4 all the way to verse 8, right? Right, but then you start, you, you drop down here in verse 14. It says, for we know that the, the Lord, oh, I'm sorry, I was in the wrong verse. It says, uh, for as many as a, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So we, we can identify people that are spiritual Christians or sons of God because they're led by the Spirit. They're making God moves. Like, they're making God moves. And so, so uh, 
I, I was as I was meditating on this after I taught it Sunday, uh, me and my wife was driving. I said, "Wow!" I said, "I get it." Like, remember we just did the message on um, uh, unshakable. Yeah, that was the message before this, and we we're saying in Hebrews it says that God is making a last shaking of of the the heavens and the earth, but those that remain, those are the people going to be blessed. But but I want to say those are the uh, the people that's going to be making God moves. Now, what the, and the reason why that came out because uh, we were in Toledo and uh, spirit was moving, people crying, falling out, getting words of knowledge, words of wisdom and prophecy, and so I was done. But when I was done, my wife grabbed the mic from me. And so when she grabbed the mic, she started singing something. Oh, Lord. <laughs> so it's not going to make sense right now because no, we no, don't. No, I'm going to finish the teaching, but you got, just got this. Well, the music, the, the no, music was, fine. okay, all right. The, mu the music drove me. Yeah. But it was he, was, he was actually praying over somebody and prophesying over somebody. I need that bass, man. I need <laughs> I mean, I mean, the the, the band they had was bad, y'all. And it, it, it was this groove. It was. Wait, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta feel it now. Wait. <laughs> okay. Shaking and moving. Uh, where were you, mate? Okay. <laughs> okay. He's shaking and moving, shaking and moving. He's shaking and moving. So really, what 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 happened was, I would say, I would say, so you so you got so you. Yeah, can you feel yeah. that? Can you feel it? Can you feel it? I know you do. So, so, so I would tell the people, I would tell the people, I would say, uh, so that bill came due. He's shaking and moving. He's shaking and moving. <laughs> shaking and moving. He's shaking and moving. All right. All right. So I just want to. And so the interesting thing is. On the way home, nah, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Um, on the way home, uh, we would, we just kept singing it. Like it just was ringing in our ear. He's shaking and moving. Like it just, it just couldn't help it, right? And uh, so, so the Lord hit me. He said, "Look, you, I, I just had you teach on being unshakable." He said, "So what I'm doing is I'm shaking some things, but the people that's locked in." I'm going to move with them. They're going to make some God moves. <laughs> right? Right. So just keep that in mind. I just, you know, because uh, um, the scripture says, where is it at? Uh, let's go to Acts 4. Acts chapter 4. So I was reading through this. I was at the gym yesterday reading through this. And uh, Acts 4. It says, uh, verse 31, verse 31. It says, and when they had prayed, the place was what? Shaken. Where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the word of God with boldness. Right? It says, and a multitude of them that believed were of one heart and one soul, neither said any of them, that all of the things which he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. Uh, say, and say, and look, and, and with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. And you start reading through, man, they just start doing powerful things. So I saw this, like, it says he shook the place. So after he shook the place, they were filled, 
and he moved through them. They start making God moves, right? They start making God moves, right? And so, so God moves are moves that are in harmony with the Holy Spirit. Moves that, let's just go to Mark chapter 16 real quick. Mark 16. So there are moves that are in harmony with the Holy Spirit. We talked about this in the discipleship class earlier, how we're the vessel, right, for this, this vessel for the Holy Spirit, right? And um, Mark 16, verse 20, it says, look, and they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Right? With signs following. And 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 so just just to give you an understanding, so what's what's happening is God moves God moves the word. The word moves the spirit, the spirit moves us. God moves the God moves the word, the word moves the spirit, and the spirit moves us. You know, say so he's working with the word with signs following. You know, uh and see, God moves the word on a vehicle of his voice called sound. So, so when God speaks, sound happens in the atmosphere and it moves things. Uh, Genesis 1, 2, it says, the, it, it says the spirit was hovering upon the face of the waters. First, it says, Genesis 1, 1, it says, in the beginning, God created heaven and earth. Right? Genesis 1, Genesis 1, 2, it says, and the spirit hovered, like was, was hovering. Almost like he's waiting to do something, waiting to move. And then the scripture says, God said, let there be light. God said, let there be affirmment. God said. So when God spoke his vehicle of sound, the spirit moved and it manifested. You see what I'm saying? So God spoke what? The word. That sound moved the spirit and things manifested. I remember we was talking about uh, in the unshakable that tapestry, like that woven things woven together. You know, so you, there you see the Trinity in operation. See, the word moves uh, the spirit on a vehicle of his motivation. It's called Rhema or revelation. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by understanding and understanding by the word of God. Romans ten seventeen. See, so that revelation, think about when you, when, when you see something, you're motivated to do something, <laughs> right? When you see something, oh, like it's just like if you was in a fog and it cleared up, you can accelerate. And so a lot of times the, the, the circumstances in our life, uh, you talked about the debt and the bills and stuff like that, they try to create clouds and it slows us down. It can tempt you to depression almost. But see, when things clear up, when you can see, when you get insight, revelation, solutions, you're, you're, you're motivated to move, right? You start to move, right? And that's what God wants to do. See, the spirit moves us on the vehicle of his faith, and that's called love. Faith worketh by love, Galatians 5, 6. Right? So you have all these things in operation, but the goal is to get us to make some God moves, Right? The goal is to get us to make some God rules. The scripture says, walk in the spirit, move in the spirit. You should not fulfill the lust of the flesh. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. Spirit. Now, again, uh, we've talked about this before, and I gave you the, the, the diagram of the soul. 
And so you have a First Thessalonians five. Uh, we are a spirit. It says, you know, I pray that you sanctify holy in your spirit, soul, and body. Is what it says in First Thessalonians, I believe, five verse twenty-three. So, this, so, it's, so it's indicating we're three parts, just like there's a trinity: is God, you know, the Father, who is the power source of everything, right? Uh, and then you have uh, Jesus, who's the administrator of everything, and then you have the Holy Spirit, who moves based on what's being administrated. Sort of like you look up in the sky and you see the sun, and we call it the sun. It's one sun, but that sun has a light coming through it, right? And, and, and it also has heat coming through it. So God would be the sun, the light would be Jesus, kind of fitting, isn't it? And that heat would be the Holy Spirit, kind of fitting there too, right? Right? So when you start to think about these things and you start to think about how how things operate, God made us in his image and after his likeness. So just like he's a three-part being, you know, Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, we're three parts. Uh, we are a spirit. That's who we are, right? We made in his image and after his likeness. But we have a soul. Uh, the soul houses our mind, our will, our emotions, our intellect, and our imagination. It's your choice station. It's where you make your choices at, right? It's where you dream your dreams at. Right? It's a decision place. Right? But then you also live in this physical body, which we talked about this morning in discipleship class. And that's for us to, you know, to what? Uh, to interact, to, to, to connect with people, to communicate with people, to participate in the, in the kingdom of God. Right? All right, so this is the thing that when the scripture talks to us, it tells us, it's in Galatians 5, walk in the spirit, you should not feel the lust of the flesh. Now, it's talking about the body, and it's talking about the spirit, but it's not indicating the soul. Why? Because it's talking to the soul, because that's where you make your choices. So you can look at the scripture in Galatians 5, 16 a little different now. You can look at the scripture as, soul, walk in the spirit, don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Right? Or uh, Matthew 26, 41, hey, soul, the spirit is indeed willing but the flesh is weak. 1 Corinthians 16, 20. Hey, soul, glorify God in your spirit and in your body. Right? So it's talking to you because that's where you make your choices. What profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? His ability to choose access into heaven. So you can profit the whole world. In exchange for your soul, when it's time to go to heaven, you can't go because you, you don't have a choices anymore. The devil has them. Right? So that's why it's important to not uh, lose your soul. This is the scripture says in, in uh, Luke, it says, through patience you possess your soul. I think it's Luke 21 and 19. Right? All right so, so with that in mind, we're trying to make these God moves and... We have to walk in the spirit. We have to be led by the spirit because we're trying to flow with God. In Exodus uh, 40, 34 to 38, you could just read it when you have time. This is when the children of Israel was making some moves. But it said uh, when, the, when God's pillars were, were there, was there, it says they, they, they chilled. You know, they had the tabernacle, they were chilling. It says, but when God moved, they moved. Because now think about this for a second. You with God. God done showed up. He's hovering around you. You can see a pillar of his presence. Right? You, there's a sense of confidence there. God leaves. 
Oh, you just gonna stay where you at? Like God's moving, and you just gonna stay there. I was giving this testimony when I was in Ohio. Uh, I was tell I was pursuing basketball, and uh, and uh, I went to this church because my sister was trying to get me to go to Columbus, Ohio, and. And this is the this is a wrong statement, but this is what I thought at the time. I was like, they probably didn't play basketball in Ohio. I was like, no, no. I was like, no, no, we're not. And that's the Newark, New Jersey, New York thinking. <laughs> Spoken like a buckeye, right? <laughs> right. So 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 I get I go to this church and and and, and um you know, I, I would go to church. I was the worldly guy. I had to go to church, you know, here and there. And so I go to church, and I'm, I'm really praying about should I go to Ohio. I really don't want to go to Ohio. Uh, and God uh, has this guy preach a sermon, and, and I won't get into all the, the scripture, but basically God was telling me, I'll see you in Ohio. My, basically, my presence is waiting on you in Ohio. So I was like, man, I got to go to Ohio. You know, so I went. I just be. I was. I ain't stupid. Um, I mean, I was young in the Lord, but I wasn't dumb. I mean, I'm. I'm gonna be where God's at. And obviously, it was a great move. You know, I met my wife and changed my life and everything. All right, all right. God had to wake me up in the Buckeye State. You know. <laughs> um, but I. But 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 I live this life now. Like I, I just don't want to be out. I don't want to be ahead of God or behind Him. I just want to be with Him. See, so, so, because so I want to make God moves. Now, now I'm saying this because let's go to First Corinthians two. Because these God moves will be easily identified, um, easily identified, but very hard to produce because um, you got to really yield. So, First Corinthians two four. Share this with uh, the, the, actually shared this with the people in Toledo, and it got manifested what we're about to read. So, First Corinthians two four it says, "And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom." You know, this is, you know, you could just hear, listen to people, and they sound good, good orators, right? It says, "Look, look, look, look," but was. But in demonstration of spirit and power. So it says, my preach, my, my speech, and my preaching wasn't a, was wasn't just about uh, tickling you, right? It was about transforming you. All right in verse five, it says that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Yeah, you, you watch, you hear something on the news and stuff like that. Be like, they said it on the news. They, I just picked my wife for years. She said they said. I was like, who are these people? Bring him here. Let me talk to him. Right? No, 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 no. What did God say? It says your faith should stand in the power of God. So, so the thing is, people are going to be impacted, Zipporah, based on your God moves. Not what you say, but what's manifested by what you do out of obedience to God. Right? Like being led by the spirit, right? You know, so so when you get that unction this week, follow it. Just don't 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 question it. Just do what he tell you to do. Okay? All right, so so here you have uh that'd be a good testimony next week. All right, so here you have God moves are are operating in demonstration of spirit and power. That's God God moves, right? So Listen, God moves can stop the sun and the rain. 
All right, look, 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 look at Joshua 10. Let's go over here to Joshua 10. Because we read the Bible like it's some type of fairy tale. But but this is this is reality. It was a Sid Roth that what is supernatural is normal, right? Right? So it's a show it's supernatural. Uh actually the TV station is down there in Westinghouse. And uh, that's where uh we went there and uh and uh the guy showed up uh who had a Bible. He's has his Bible on his counter and he shows up, gets up one morning, and the Bible was leaking oil. Well, it was leaking substance. And he was like, what's going on with the Bible? You know, so he wiped it off, and he comes back next day, and it's full of oil, just, just, just dripping everywhere. He wiped it off, and it just came full off. But the interesting thing is he had uh, highlighted and stuff in it, nothing smudged. And so what happens is the, the, the Bible just started producing oil. Uh, and it was uh, it was like 500 gallons, 200 gallons. So 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 we're at this uh, show. Uh, it's supernatural, and they had the Bible inside a container because it kept filling up with oil. And they pulled the Bible out right in front of us, and and they, you know nothing was smeared, nothing was all the writing, no no ink was smeared. And so the guy says, "Okay, before you leave, we're gonna give you guys some some vials of the oil." All right, so so just so happened we were going out. Uh, we were going. No, we got there late, right? We was in the overflow. So I, I don't like being in the overflow <laughs> for nothing. So I get there. I stay on the line all day just to be in the front row, <laughs> just to get a seat in the front row. All right, so so but the, just so happened the the the, the guy because it was two people, but the guy he put his hands in the in the oil to pull out the Bible to show it. You know, he saturated oil. So we're in the back. So they, they came out from the front to go in the back area. They, they, they just happened to come out right when we were in line. You know, shook the hand, talked to the guy, got the oil. So, so we carrying around the oil. Actually, I used the oil to pray for Eugene. And so it was full, so it went down. I don't know. I must have used a lot, Eugene, because it, it was like three quarters of oil left. And so we had the oil one night with the king come up. So my wife comes up with the great idea. And then we talk about God moves. Stay with us. She says, well, I'm going to use the oil for one night with a king. The, the prayer for people. Now, it's a little vial like this. It's about this, it's about this skinny and it's about this tall. So she grabs the vial. Then she says, you know what? It might not be enough. I'm going to grab my husband's too. She ain't asked me permission. <laughs> Lately, she's been making some executive decisions and like, babe, was you going to talk to me about that? So, so she grabs my all too. I said my, you know. And so, so she comes to wind out with the king, and she starts to pray for people, but she thought she was using her oil, which was filled. And so she, she started praying for everybody. So everybody got, everybody got prayed for. All of, it was 70 ladies, right? And so she, and, and you know, she, people cry. <laughs> yeah, they cry. And she, she's spilling the oil. You know, you, you know, you praying for me, spilling the oil. And so she says, so she gets the oil back. And she says, wow, out of all those people I prayed for, only three quarters, only a quarter went out. So she had three quarters of oil left in. She believed her vial. Yeah. Right? right? So she says, Wow, I didn't have to use my husband's vial. So she goes find the vial. Well, that, that was filled. That was her vial. So she actually prayed for everybody with the three quarters of oil 
and none of it, it stayed the exact the same. This actually happened one night with a king in May, right? So again, that was a God move, right? It's just, it was a God move. It's God just making, see, the thing is, sometimes we got to, we get an unction and we don't move. And I was sharing this with, uh, this guy talk. I was sharing this guy talk yesterday how for years, the Lord has given me something in sports, empty out. So I would talk to players. I was like, so, so how was the game? Oh, yeah, I did pretty good. I said, yeah, I see. You dropped about 30 points there. I said, did you feel like you left something on the court? Now, I'm asking a question I already had an answer to. He's like, yeah, well, kind of. I said, yeah. I said, but well, that's not the goal. The goal is empty out. Never leave the court saying I could have, would have, should have. Man just, man, just empty everything, man. Just empty. So, so that, that's for years. This is like the 80s. No, I wasn't 80s. I wasn't even in Ohio in the 80s. The 90s. Uh, empty out, empty out. So that's, that's my whole thing. Empty out. Walk in liberty. Empty out, empty out. And so what the Lord was showing me uh, these last few months, he says, well, Keith, you keep telling people to empty out. You ain't been empty out. See, I was so focused on basketball because that's my philosophy. Basketball, I'm going to empty out. He was like, ministry-wise, you ain't been empty out. There's been a little bit of reservation there. So what happened is, uh, again, uh, I, I got you. Uh, one night with the king, my wife, uh, they, they, you know, some, some of y'all remember the place was set up as a tabernacle. So my wife said, Man, I think it'll be special if the people, when they get to the holies of holies, they hear from God. So she says, you know, she says, you know, so I'm thinking about a couple of voices. And so we stopped talking about it. I was excited. I said, well, babe, what you could do is you could do this, that, now. Now, I'm just advising. Because I try to stay out of the way of, of stuff like that. She said, she said, oh, babe, babe, it just hit me. You should do it. <laughs> okay, that wasn't a plan. I was trying to give you advice on how you can get it done. So now I'm going, okay, Lord, how do you want to do this? So I had, to, I had to pray. I can't be playing around. You're talking about people's lives. Some people I don't even know. And so I said, well, Lord, what do you want to do? He said, this is what I want you to do. Spend time with me. What I tell you, say just say it. Now we recorded it, put some music behind it, whatever. He said, just say it. He said, don't question it. Because, you know, you, you might say something and be like, I'm not saying that. Because <laughs> normally that's what I would do. I would do, like, ah, now I'm going to step back on that. I won't be saying that. So he said, just say what I told you. So we did this for 70 people. Right? Well, I had to really empty out. But I didn't realize that's what I was doing. Right? So, so it was, it's a lot of good feedback. People, you know, uh, I know she was in the Holy of Holies, but Misty was in the Holy of Holies. And she was like, I saw the reaction on people's faces. She said, she said, she said, and you know, people heard their name. She says, but you could tell they heard something that only them and God knew. Now, I, I, we already know. I didn't know. I didn't. It wasn't me. I, I specifically said, don't nobody come to me because <laughs> I ain't say nothing. God said it. Well, I didn't know what God was trying to set up. So we go to Toledo. I just was praying for people. I was just, you know how we have a circle for prayer? That's what I did. Hey, let's circle up. We pray. We get on out of here, right? Well, the Lord had me speaking in every life I encounter. Some stuff I actually said, whoa, whoa, listen, listen, that wasn't me. Because, <laughs> you know, you hear it. You know, like, you hear it. But people were coming up. This is my wife, you did use my wife too. Coming up going, um, most men of God don't know what they're saying to people. And they, never, they may never hear about it. They, they said, listen, I just want you to know that was God. There's no way you would know that. Now, again, we know it wasn't me, it was God. But what I'm saying is I realized I had to empty out. 
And, and, and what I realized with emptying out is you have a choking point on the inside. God is telling you to do something. And you know it's in you. And the reason why it's not received properly because you, 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 you filter it instead of pouring it all out. Did you, you hear me? So that's why it's not always taken right because you ain't giving the whole thing. Right? Because the whole thing sometimes, like, you're human. Like, you hear it too. <laughs> you're like, I'm not saying that. You go say that, Lord. Right? right. You know, so sometimes it, 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 you, you have to go through so much to get it out. But God just said, empty out. It ain't for you anyway. Right? Just empty out. Right? And so that's what God was saying. Right? It's not, he wasn't just saying it to me. He's saying it to quite a few people here. So, because it's time for us to make God moves. Right? Amen. Ain't that right, Trina? Right? It's time for us to make some God moves here. So, I told you I'd go to Joshua. <laughs> Joshua 10. Listen, teacher's pet over there. That's my guy, though. He's, that's my guy. God uses him. All right, so uh, 10, 12, like he said. You already know where he's going. That's a good thing, though, to... to you know, um, I'll share that later. All right, so uh, don't remind me I have to pray for you at the end of the service. All right. And somebody need to be behind them when I pray. All right, so, so Joshua 10, 12, it says, Then spake Joshua to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered up the Amorites for the children of Israel. He said, In the sight of Israel, son, stand thou still. Now, who said this? Joshua, right? Stand thou still upon Gibeon, and thou moon in the valley of Agilon. And the sun stood still, and the moon stayed until the people had avenged themselves upon their enemies. Is it not written in the book of Jasher? So the sun stood still in the midst of heaven, and hasted not to go down about the whole day. You know, because they was in a battle, and as long as they had light, they have victory. And so Joshua said, sun stand still. He made a God move that day. Right? And the sun stood still. And if you go back in history, our, our time has been changed from that point on. This, no, this, is, this, ain't, this ain't just uh, happenstance. You can triangulate how time has been calculated from way back then and things have changed. Time has changed from Joshua Speaking to the sun. Right? And so, 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 so again, you can make a God move and some things will change. Look at 1 Kings, uh, 1 Kings 17. Scripture says you can decree a thing and it shall be established. Right? What's that? What's that? What's, what's that? First, no, Psalms, right? Psalms 138, I think. Is that right? I was about to say Job, but I think it's Psalms. Is it Job? It's in one of those Bibles, one of those books. All right, so that's not where we're going. So, for, so, so this is uh, the prophet Elijah, First Kings seventeen one, and it says, uh, "And Elijah the Tisbite, who was of the inhabitants of, of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, according to." Whose word? He said, according to my word. 
Now he said, and you notice he said, do and rain, because in, a, in back in the day, there was no rain before, uh, the, you know, before the flood with Noah. All the ground was, uh, uh, the ground, the dew is actually how the crops and everything got as moist, you know, got fed through that moisture. It was, there was no rain. You know, you see, you wake up in the morning, you see dew coming up, you know, because if, if, I mean, if that dew doesn't come up, your grass ain't living just on when it feels like raining. <laughs> it needs moisture outside of that. So he shut down the dew and the rain. And you look here in the next chapter, 18.1. It says, and it came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year saying, go show thyself unto Ahab and I will see, send rain upon the earth. So he came back and started the rain. See, this is God moves. These are God moves. Jesus walked out on the boat and says, be still. <laughs> he shut, it was a storm. Shut it down, right? And the thing is, I've actually seen this happen. It's happened in our life, you know. But, uh, but it, again, with man it is impossible, but not with God. With God, all things are possible. You can make some God moves if you submerge yourself in the spirit of God, right? Right, uh, James 5. Because, you know, I know that's the Old Testament, but it, it confirms it in the New Testament. James, where you at? And the reason why we're talking about this is because you're going to be prompted here in your life to do some things outside of your control. And that's God leading you to make some God moves, right? So it says, Elijah was a man subject unto like passions as we. So it's saying Elijah was just like us, it's, right? It says, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain and rain not on the earth for the space of three years and six months. So it's saying is, it, what it's saying is like, this ain't crazy. This is, we have this ability. And it would make sense. Why would Christ die for us just to live the normal life we've already lived? Why would he send his Holy Spirit for us to, and, and the Holy Spirit with power? You shall receive power. After that, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. Be a witness unto me. Uh, unto Judea, Samaria, to the uttermost parts of the world. Acts chapter 5 through, uh, Acts 1 chapter 5 through 8. So why? What, what, what would you need power for? Because you got to make some God moves. Right? You need power to make some God moves. And, and you see stuff all the time. This is what's so tough. We see it. We sense it. We just don't move on. We see it all the time. This has been happening for years since we were kids sometimes. But we shut down that unction. We don't move. You know, we don't, we don't, we don't take that step of faith, right? And God wants us to do that. See, 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 uh, let's go to second. Let me, no, 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 no. I'm going too fast, right? So, so if you, God moves can defy gravity, so let's look at uh, Matthew 14. I just wanted to give you some examples. Matthew 14. I'm probably going a little bit faster here because I have to get to the anointing. All right, so God, uh, uh, I'll tell you, Matthew 14, uh, verse, all right, we'll just start at verse 22. This is a straight way Jesus constrained his disciples to get into the ship and to go before him. That's out ahead of him. Uh, unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. 
And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. Storm taking place. And then the fourth watch, you know, Jesus is talking to God. It says, in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto him, went unto them walking on the sea. First of all, you had to think about Jesus sent him ahead in the boat. <laughs> and so he's talking to God. God's probably said, yo, your boy's out there dealing with some stuff. And it says he went walking on the sea, right? And it says, and when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled. We would be too. It was like, is this a ghost out here? Saying, it is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway, Jesus spake unto them saying, ah, right, chill out, y'all. It's just me. It says, be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, now, see, this is somebody that's willing to make some God moves here. Like, cause, cause most of us were like, oh, okay, it's Jesus. All right, okay, cool. Jesus, son of God. All right, cool. We was a little scared. And then that's the end of it. Peter was like, nah, nah, that's, this is phenomenal. This guy's walking on water. He said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. Let me come out there and walk on the water. And he said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, boisterous circumstances, he was afraid and, and beginning to sink. He cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, Oh, thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? You was already on the water, bro. And when they were come into the ship, the wind ceased. Another version says they walked back into the ship. So he walked on water twice. So he's making, you know, here he's making God moves. God moves can heal. Uh, Second Kings 5, I'm going to let you uh, read it for yourself. 8 through 15 uh, is the story of Naaman. So Naaman was a leper, which we'll get into when we talk about the anointing. But he was a leper. He was a leprous. And... Uh, he sent to the king to another king for him to be healed, and the king was like, "What are these people crazy? I'm a king. How am I going to heal them?" Elijah heard. It. He said, "Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa! No, tell them to come on out. I got you covered. I got you covered. We we, we can help this dude out." Now you got somebody that really doesn't believe that decides, man. I need help. So right before Naaman was about to show up. Elijah sent out his armor bearer. Was like, man, go tell him, go dip into the, the Jordan seven times, and he'll be healed. So, so he's like, so the king, you know, he's king. You're like, man, what I look like dipping into filthy Jordan? Why didn't he, Why didn't he pick, you know, uh, Barbados water, or uh, you know, uh, you know, the Keys or something? <laughs> why Why you gonna put me in the dirty water? So, so his his servant said, hey, man. If he would have told you to do some some crazy supernatural thing, would you have done it? He was like, yeah. He says, so dipping water? I mean, what's the, basically what your problem is. And so he goes and dips seven times, and it says when he came up out the seventh time, he was whole. So, 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 so he was asked to make a God move. Seven times, like, you know, because sometimes you, you can be tempted. You can dip once. You can dip twice. You can dip three. Man, I don't know if this is going to work. Some of us have some situations that we've tried six times, and we gave up. The seventh time is when it's going to be taken care of. 
Hey, so, so, so sometimes you got to make a God move, right? God moves can manifest provision. If you really make God moves, I got you, can manifest provision. So I, so I want you to see this, these things that we talk about, but I want you to see it so you can, you know, study it out, read it for yourself as we explain how you can, how to make God moves. But I wanted to give you some examples. But let's look here in uh, Genesis 26. And so, so, so there was a famine in the land. So, you know, people, people dying, you know. And so when there's a famine, there's a lot less for you to have. So people are tempted to do what? Get tight, right? Right, you know, just, just keep stuff to themselves. And so verse 12 here, it says, uh, Isaac sold in that land and received in the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. So, oh, I forgot. That's Isaac over there. Right, okay. That's sweet. That's pretty smart there. I see how you picked that up. And when you, when you read through it, it was a famine. So you would try to hold on to what you have. But he's still operating in God's system, sold in a time of famine. It says in the same year. Not years later, in the same year, he received a hundredfold. Basically, what he did is he made a God move. First, first Kings 17. I think I have enough time to give these couple of examples and then just at least give you the foundation of preparing yourself to make some God moves. First Kings 17, and we'll do verse 13. Uh, this is a situation um, where this young lady was um, ready to die. And she told the man of God, she says, um, all right, so verse 10, it says, so he arose and went to Zarephath. God sent the man of God to Zarephath. Um, and because he, he, he sent him for this woman. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering sticks, and he called her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, he called her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thy hand. And she said, As the Lord God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel, and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks, that I may go in and dress it for me and my son, that we may eat it and die. Basically, I got enough to put together and then die. And Elijah said unto her, fear not, go and do as thou hast said. So gather everything like you said, but make thereof, make me thereof a cake first. So imagine you just got enough for you and your son to eat and die. And the man of God says, oh, yeah, yeah, just, get, just make something for me first. No, maybe you didn't hear me. I said I have enough for me and my son to die. But he said, make me a cake first. Uh, and bring it unto me, and after make thee for uh, make for thee thyself and thy son. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel: The barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruse of oil fail until the day that the Lord sendeth the rain upon the earth. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah. And she, and she, and he, and her house did eat many days. And the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil, according to the word of the Lord, which spake Elijah. Right? So she, she basically lived for the longest. 
until we said when rain comes and then the, the crops will come and there's no more of a famine. So, but she had to make a God move. Uh, my wife's story, Second Kings 4, 1 through 7, young lady was, uh, came to the man of God and said, hey, what, you know, we have debt. They're coming to take my son. They're coming to take everybody. He says, well, what do you got in your house? He says, I got an empty cruise. He says, well, go borrow some more cruises, some more vessels, uh, and, and borrow as many as you can. Now, he told her something, borrow as many as you can. So, so when God tells you something like that, borrow as many as you can. She borrowed as many as she thought she needed, which is what we do. Let me God, like you said. So he said, okay, now go in your house, shut the door, pour oil inside the cruises. And they kept pouring and pouring and pouring. She told her son, hey, do we got any more? Because he, they, they, she had more than enough. He says, well, no, that's, that's all that's the cruises, all that we have. It's all the vessels that we have. But if they had more vessels, they would have kept on pouring. But it said that they, he said, now you can pay all your debt and, your, and you and your son can live after. Debts was paid, paid off, right? And they had more than enough. They had to make a God move. And, and this is the thing, like, like whether it's the sowing and famine and stuff like that, you have to be attentive to even know when God's moving you to do something. You know, you have to be locked in, be sensitive to the spirit. Follow that unction. First John 2, 20 and 21, you have an unction from the Holy One and you know all things. God gives, God gives you an unction and it's kind of hard to pick up God's signal when you're filled with the world. See, remember, if you're worldly, you end up making a worldly move because you, you're, you can almost hear God, but then add what you want to it. You know, like God told Abraham, uh, you know, okay, I'm going to give you a child. But at first, that first move was a worldly move. Sarah said, well, you know, maybe God was tripping. It's been like 11 years. Tell you what, take my handmaiden, and you can get her pregnant, and then that'll be the child. Then Abraham comes and says, okay, Lord, it's time for us to bless my child. He's of age. He's like, no, 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 that's not. I'm going to bless what came through me, not what came through your compromise, what came through my covenant. Uh, this time next year, I'm going to give you a child. Like I told you the first time. Or you see what I'm saying? Like, so, so he was trying to make a God move, but, but Abraham and Sarah first, they, they, got, they got in their head like we do sometimes. So you have to be obedient to exactly what God tells you to do. And that's why the scripture says, and this is what throws us off of making God moves. We start to look at circumstances. So uh, Matthew 6, we start looking through Matthew 6, uh, it says, uh, you know, take no thought. Yeah, you go through scripture in verse 19, verse 31. Take no thought of what you're going to eat, sleep, or drink. You know, I take care of the birds. I take care, I take care of the, the, the flowers. I'm going to take care of you is what God said. So God spends that chapter talking about how much. Man, listen, I love y'all. Like, like, if I'm taking care of birds and flowers, what do you think I'm going to do for y'all? He says, so you put, basically saying you put too much energy in and eating and what you're going to wear and what you're going to have. Like those are givens. And then he, he tells you because in, in, in uh, Matthew 6, 31, we can read it. Let's, let's go to like, so, so God understands we're navigating in this earth realm. He just doesn't want, he wants us to have things. He doesn't want things to have us. 
Right, so if you go here to, you just got to, I mean, it's one of my chapters I try to read daily. But, you know, because this is after the Lord's prayers when he starts getting in to take no thought. You know, Matthew 6, you know, 10, the Lord's prayer, you know, on earth as it is in heaven and all that good stuff. Then he gets into here, um, verse 31. It says, therefore, take no thought, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or wherewith we shall be clothed? Verse 31. It says, for look, after all these things, what? Will we eat or drink or clothes? All these things do the Gentiles seek. The people that are outside of my, my kingdom, they seek after these things. He said, for your heavenly father knoweth that ye have need of these things. All these things, the, the, uh, I, I know you have need of them. Don't, don't get me wrong. He said, they seek after them, and I know you have need of them. He said, look, he says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. So what he's saying is don't chase the things, chase the king. Let the things chase you. Don't chase the things, chase the king. Let the things chase you. What we're doing is chasing the things, making the king chase us. That's backwards. When you chase stuff, you end up corrupting it, repelling it, and losing it. When it chases you, you sustain it, build on it, grow it, and reproduce from it. You see what I'm saying? Like that, that's the difference. See, when something chase you, sticks to you. Because now you're chasing the king and things value you. So you got to look at the things in life as hovering around and then looking to, to, to where to land. They're attracted to people that are chasing the king. Right? And they stick to you. you it's hard to lose it. You can't shake it. But when you're chasing stuff, more your value is on stuff, not on the king. So, so it's, it can't stick to you. It, it can't stick to us as who we are because we'll be natural and worldly. It sticks to the spiritual. So it doesn't mean you can't uh, obtain things without, the, without seeking the king. You just can't maintain and reproduce them from them. You can obtain anything. You can obtain anything anybody else can. But as quick as you get it is as quick as you lose it. Right. And that, that's the dangerous thing that, that, you know, that's why you got people depressed now, because they thought that they can um, treat God like an honorable mention. Like God is supposed to be essential, not an accessory. God is essential, not an accessory. So God moves or faith moves. The scripture says without faith, it's possible to please him. But those that diligently seek him has to know that he is. And he's a rewarder. Of them that diligently seek him. So God moves or faith moves. See, you have faith as a grain of a mustard seed. You can say to the mountain, be thou moved. <laughs> right? See, you see, so it's faith. But just a little bit. You only need a little bit. You only need a little faith to make a big God move. A little faith to make a big God move. And so, so, so just, just, I'm, I'm, I'm going to close out with this, but I, I want to, I'm going to just wet your whistle for maybe what we'll get into next week, how to make God moves, right? How to make God moves. Now, obviously you have to be born again, filled with the spirit and walking in power, born again, filled with the spirit and walking in power, born again, filled with the spirit and walking in power. Now I gave you three levels of your life with Christ, right? I gave you three levels of your life with Christ. Born again, 
filled with the spirit and walking in power. Now, I also gave you three levels of the anointing. Now, the anointing is the burden removing, joke destroying power of God. Isaiah 10, 27. The anointing is the burden removing, yoke destroying power of God. Right? And, and uh, the anointing is power that exceeds anything that man can generate. Power that exceeds anything that man can generate. And so there's three different types of anointing that we'll get into more specifics next week. So you have the pre you have the leper's anointing, you have the priestly anointing, and you have the kingly anointing. The the leper's anointing, the priestly anointing, and the kingly anointing. So the leper's anointing is is what you get at salvation, new birth. Remember, being born again. That's that first level at the new birth. And it's uh and, and, and why they call it the leper's anointing is because the lepers were on outside of the camp and they were forgotten about out of sight, out of mind. And a lot of times before we come into the kingdom, we're in the darkness, we're forgotten about when you're brought into the light where it's all about you. You see what I'm saying? So that's that that that's the first level of the anointing is the leper's anointing. And I'll get into I'll get into more it's specifics about that. Uh, then you have the priestly anointing. That priestly anointing is that's with that's that infilling. You know, so you have the you have the new birth, then you have the infilling where you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, and that's that anointing to serve. See, see, some of us have the we take on the leper's anointing. We just happy to be in the kingdom, still at the altar, but then that that priestly anointing is serving and some people just stop at doing good deeds in the kingdom serving but then you have the kingly anointing and that's walking in power so remember i said born again filled with the spirit and walking in power and so I, so so we're going to close out with a couple of, with with luke 21 through 22 luke 4 1 and luke 414 because I want to show you that Jesus operated in all three Jesus operated in all three and you know of course uh, the scripture says we'll do greater things than he did so Luke 20 Luke 3 verse 21 Luke 3 21 it says uh, now when all the people were baptized it came to pass that Jesus also being baptized and praying the heavens was open and the holy ghost descended in in a bodily shape like a dove upon him and a voice came from heaven which said thou art my beloved son in thee i am well pleased so now the holy spirit indwells him at that point that's the indwelling that's what you get at the new birth and he's acknowledged as the son of god right he's endorsed at this point right I, and if you drop down here to Luke 4.1, Luke 4.1, because, you know, the rest of the chapter talks about the, his genealogy. So in Matthews and Mark and all those other chapters, it goes from verse 22 to him being baptized to Luke 4.1, right? And it says, and Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost. Now, you see, he's full of the Holy Ghost. That's the infilling. Returned from Jordan and was led by the spirit in the wilderness. So when you have that infilling, you're led by the spirit. And that's a good thing. 
You're led by the Spirit. But think about it. He was endorsed by God, and the next thing that happened to him was what? The wilderness. Right after the endorsement. See, so some of us stop at the endorsement. So God uses you in a particular way, and it's highlighted, and we stop at the door. And when the wilderness comes, we go, something has to be wrong. Because I just made this, I've just crossed over to this pinnacle of endorsement. So, so this wilderness can't possibly be, be for me. It never was about just being, in, just, just being indwelled and being infilled. It was about power. Scripture says in Ephesians uh, 3.19, be filled with all the fullness of God. So, 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 so what happens is the wilderness is setting you up for something. And we go down here, verse, verse 14, and you'll see. Now, you know, verses 2 through 13 is when Jesus was tested. Remember, turn the stone into bread, and all, he went through all the tests by Satan. And then it says Satan left him for a season. But verse 14 says, and Jesus returned, look, in the power of the Spirit. So he went from being full of the Spirit. And dwell with the spirit, full of the spirit, to now he, he has the power, in the power of the spirit, in the Galilee. And there went, no, look, after this power, look what happened. And there went out a fame of him throughout all the region round about. So we're looking for the fame, but we're not going through the different stages of growth to get full power. And that's what's missing, like operating in full power. See, that full power now puts us in a position where we can make God moves. See, God wants us to make God moves. God wants you to follow that unction. God wants to do some supernatural things to you. God, God wants you to follow that leading even though you, you, it's going to put you on a platform where everybody's going to be looking at you. Well, there's a chance you could be wrong. You're not going to be wrong, but God wants you to follow his leading. But see, again, so that's why he takes us through this process, because you're a witness. That power that you're supposed to have says you'll be a witness. You attract people when people see God on your life, not when you just talk about religious things. You scare people when you just when you talk religious. You got all the religious lingo. Everybody's like, "Ooh, here they come. Here they oh God, here we super religious. Here they come. You know, what, what you say, uh, Jesus freak. Yeah, you know where I was going, right? But, but, but the thing is, they be looking for the Jesus freak when you're walking in power. They be looking for it. They be waiting on you. They be showing up. Could you pray for me? All the time. So, so, so where you going today? Well, I just want to go to your church. Just, you know, just want to visit. Because you're walking in power. So God's going to use us. This is just a little setup. I, I couldn't give it all to you today because of time. But, but God's going to use us to start walking in power. He's looking for us to make God moves. Now, again, I get it. You, you're, you're the most eloquent pray, prayer person in the world. No one prays like you. That's wonderful. But that's not what's going to impact people like God moves. Like you saying a simple prayer and it changing people's lives. How about that? Right? You're the best speaker in the world. You're so eloquent. You're a great orator. Oh, every time people hear you, boy, man, that person sure can't preach. Oh, well, now that's a teacher right there. That's not going to impact people like you making God moves. Right? You, you could do the simplest thing and God will move 
because you're being obedient. So that's what God wants to do. He wants us to make some God moves. He wants to take us to some full power anointing. Because that's what the whole thing is. Like we, we stuck. Some of us just stuck at the, that, that first level anointing. You know, I came to Jesus. You know, remember, we came to Jesus. I, I came to Jesus. I'm saved. I'm saved. That's nice. Honeymoon stage. Remember we talked about that in Survival Kid. That's the honeymoon stage. We ain't staying there. That's that indwelling. Right? Then you get into the infilling and, listen, I serve more than you all. You know how some of y'all look at people like, do you serve like I do? When's the last time I seen you serve? I mean, good, serve. Like, that, that, that's definitely beyond just, just staying at the altar. But guess what? There's another level. It's power. It's, it's God moves, right? That's what God wants to do in our lives. Let's stand on our feet. That's enough.